Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of the Goldman Local Podcast. While a truck is um, passing behind me, uh, let me know what you think. Uh, drop me a line or send a voice message. You can find the necessary info in the show notes. Um, it would help me a lot. And the not just me, but also the indigenous movement, um, if we continue the conversation, um, to advance the conversation. Um, so enjoy. This is the Gomaluku Podcast. I know there's there's some uh, some my indigenous relatives and relations that have um, um, either have uh, lousy indigenous uh, of indigenous um, internet connection, mm. or when they do have Wi-Fi, it it costs them a, a lot of just a Zoom a Zoom call like this one uh, for like thirty minutes or for one hour would take. Uh, almost two to three gigabytes of data um, mm. so they would have to uh, yeah, purchase um, uh, yeah the the did a data plan so I'm, I'm um, so I'm, I'm considered yeah like I, I have internet connection and everything else so that that's uh, compared to um, m- my colleagues it's 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 uh, which yeah it's 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 a, it's a blessing I would say okay did you ever had any problems like to have connection or to connect to some discussion or things like that? Pardon me? Have you ever had some troubles to connect with people for discussion? Or... Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm. a, a lot of times. Uh, so there, there, there are two difficulties um, with with this whole pandemic with the, with the virtual mm. thing is one is time zone. Um, mm. that, that So you have to deal with people that are... Uh, Usually, when you go to, for example, performance right now going on, um, you just we all we're all in New York or we're all in Geneva, and, mm-hmm. which is fine. But now everyone is within their own bubble, and um, to be able to talk to my, my my colleagues in Australia or in Hawaii or all across the world, mm-hmm. you have to take care of time zones, and which is even more difficult if you have a conference call with Indigenous peoples from all around the world. So you have to find out that that sweet spot that 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 is, um, yeah, not as problematic for everyone. Um, so you have to try to find it. And I think at, uh, 2 p.m. Geneva time or 10 p.m. Geneva time is it's a little bit either the sweet spot. That that is it's um, uh, it's not too bad for everyone, but it's not too good for either one for for everyone either. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's um, that, that's a, that's a, the problem that the pandemic brings with them, and then obviously the connection issues. Um, yeah, it's, right. it's um, is what makes it makes it very difficult to uh, yeah to have a have a discussion and yeah and also um, like when you meet face to face, you you see um, yeah like entire body language and. Uh, it feels still unnatural, even though I can, I'm looking at you right now. Um, I'm still looking at a TV screen or a computer screen. Uh, pretty much have a, right. we all have an intimate r- relationship with a webcam by by now, um, which is um, yeah, not not very helpful for, um, yeah, uh, working with colleagues or relationships in general. Not intimate relationships, mm. but in relationships with with colleagues, with friends, with, with people that you work with, um, to um, really, yeah, have have that have that connection. Um, so th- those are the two like the big struggles that that, um, that I see that that I see that we're all facing. And then, um, yeah, what else? I think that that's it. Actually, the two biggest things. I don't know. What, what do you say? What do you, what have you heard? What do you think? Oh, it's the same. And also, I I realized, like, for example, I am following the discussion at the permanent forum. And, like, usually, I guess they need to do, like, uh, one people from representative from state, one from uh, organization. And sometimes I want to, like, respect that. But as it doesn't work for everybody, sometimes I have to do, like, two representatives from indigenous or two representatives from states. And one time it was, like, maybe free representative from states and no representative from indigenous organizations. So it, you kind of lose some sense doing that, I guess, but mm-hmm. yeah. 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 That, uh, I can. So, so, so you, you, um, do, do you chair meetings or do, do you do? You, uh, yeah. Side um, events? 
No, yeah, like I'm taking notes uh, during the world session for the dossier, but I'm trying to to take like to to observe to the side event and also mm -hmm. your podcast. So if you want to tell me some words about your podcast too, that that would be a good thing. And sure, yeah. Why you had this idea and how you did that and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, right now? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah if you want. <laughs> like uh, whenever you want. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, like, uh, I think the podcast came out of a frustration first. Mm. Um, it was, um, uh, yeah, where should I start? Um, I thought, I, I, I believe that to a lot of indigenous peoples, if you, if you consider that there are like almost 500 million indigenous peoples all around the world, all right, 476 million, according to an ILO right now. Um, this only not even one percent, like maybe 0.1 percent of of them, is aware of of what's going on at the United Nations, um, how it affects them, and I don't think that the United Nations is is a should be a gray area for for Indigenous peoples. I think Indigenous peoples should be aware of what's going on, and should be uh, see have the capabilities and the cap capacities and the knowledge. Um, to to participate in in decision making because that's part of our right to self determination. Um, so that's that's partially the reason why I do this. Um, so I'm I'm not creating the the podcast is not about creating awesome uh, interviews or whatever. It, it, it the the main purpose of the podcast is to document um, my thoughts, my work speeches, um, remarks, everything, so that people have an insight in, in what's going on at the, at the United Nations. And I've, like in those conversations, you hear like small bits and pieces maybe of like, oh, this, this can be helpful, that can be helpful, um, which is, um, uh, yeah, uh, I, th I think that is something that, that can contribute to help, helping to indigenous peoples. I tried writing, um, but I'm not well. I'm starting to get very, I'm pretty much pretty good at it. But when I started the whole thing, um, I knew I was frustrated um, because it was it was still always the same people, uh, indigenous peoples, um, and I wanted more indigenous peoples to be to be involved. So, um, so I thought about writing, but I don't have the I don't have the when I started the podcast, I didn't have the patience. To write, uh, to write stuff. Um, so I thought, you know what? I'll just. And also, I was super uncomfortable in front of a camera. Um, mm. So um, no. So the only only thing that I that I um, yeah realized or thought about was yeah, you know what? I'll just do podcast. I have a face for radio anyway. So um, so I'll I'll just record whatever I think and just put it out on on the on, on that platform for everyone to. To see and to listen, and and basically, I'm 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 learning in public that that's what I'm doing. So mm. people are can track what I'm whatever I'm doing, and 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 basically everything goes on it. Uh, everything that I say out loud, um, apart from like high level negotiations, I'm not going to include that. But other than mm. that, is and yeah, that's one reason. And the other reason is my mom. She um, she went to the UN when she was 17, so it's when she was really young. Uh, that was in the 70s she passed away um, a couple of years ago um, but she she because of her I went to the United Nations um, but I I would love um, to have a, a glimpse of, of a, or a, a video clip of her entering the UN for the very first time or a photo or whatever and you don't you didn't have that back then now you can so it is also a little bit about building legacy um, so, so mm. it's also about um, um, so that my great, 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 great grandchildren can see, um, yeah, like, like what I did and learn from the mistakes that I made and also stand on the shoulders of not only myself, but also, um, yeah, the people that I work with, the people that I, that I look up to. Um, so, mm. Yeah. And do you feel more com comfortable like uh, when you have a screen than when you have to speak uh, in front of all these people? I The funny thing is I have no problem speaking in front of people. Oh. No problem. Um, okay. <laughs> like it doesn't matter how big the crowd is. I just, I have no problem uh, to do that. My only insecurity is cameras. 
because um, mm. I have no interaction. I, I cannot, uh, like if I stand in front of a crowd or a group of people, um, the first thing that I want to do is how to be of value to them. So mm. I, I react, I respond to people uh, when they laugh, when they, when they, when, when they, when I see their faces turn like, um, I don't know, then I, that I can adapt and respond to that with a camera. I can't do that. Like there's this, I have to like just figure out what, what I think is helpful. Um, so, and for a while also, it also felt very permanent in front of being sent in front of a camera. A crowd can forget you when, when you, when you say something stupid, um, a camera doesn't like it's recorded. Um, so, so for a while, for a very long time, actually, um, I felt very insecure in front of a camera and maybe good thing because of the pandemic too, that I start to embrace, um, you know, what everyone is, everyone is, it's not comfortable in front of a camera. Everyone is also not natural to talk into a webcam. So um, we're all in this together, you know? So um, I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll just throw it in there. I'll just, I'll just try it out and, and see what happens. And um, yeah, slightly, I'm starting to get in the hang of it, but like, I, I still look at you instead of looking at the camera. So I think I'm looking at you, but you're not, you know, so those, those, those things, you know, it, it's weird. So, yeah. um, so I, I'm growing, I'm growing to, uh, to <laughs> feel more comfortable in, in the camera in front of a camera. I understand. <laughs> okay. Um, so are you part of any, of which uh, indigenous organization are you part? Um, so uh, uh, several of them. First of all, I uh, represent my, my traditional council. So my, um, I'm from the Maluku Islands, which is between Australia and the Philippines. And uh, we have a, a, a council of traditional indigenous, sorry, indigenous elders and, and chiefs. And I advise them on international relations, indigenous rights, um, basically being their, their, their foreign affairs person. Um, so that's for my indigenous peoples, um, but I also work a lot with the um, International Indigenous Peoples Forum on Climate Change, um, which is under the UNFCCC. Um, uh, people, people from the likes of Hindu, Umaro Ibrahim and, and um, mm -hmm. Uh, and, and so many other people. Um, uh, yeah, and then International Indian Treaty Council, uh, which is from, um, yeah, pretty much almost everyone knows them. Um, so I work a lot with them as well. Um, so for them, um, so they, they credential me to go into the negotiations for the Ocean Treaty. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, they all give me a, Basically, they'll give me a badge or they validate me in a way like, yeah, you can you can go into that meeting uh, on our behalf. And which, uh, so, yeah, that and the Pacific Indigenous Knowledge Center, uh, which is based out of New Zealand. And so I do a lot of work for them as well. And then and the special opportunity, obviously, is I also help him um, yeah, with his uh, communications. Okay. Hey. Good. <laughs> And um, how has COVID-19 affected your role as a representative of Indigenous? Significantly. Uh, mm. um, on so many ways. First of all, um, the, I like to do the work. And it's just a personal thing. Um, I like to travel, uh, but not like that, like, oh, let me see, go on an airplane, all that. Not that. But I like to um, go to these meetings and really roll up my sleeves, spit in my hands and, and do the work. Hmm. And um, that is a, an aspect of the work that you cannot do at this point. You just um, sit in front of a computer um, and yeah, basically this becomes your office. And whereas the, um, uh, yeah, the meetings where you, if it's in Geneva or New York, that was your office. Um, so that is, that, that is the, the, the physical reality. But also what, what is most important um, is the, how it um, impacted the, um, yeah, the movement itself, the, the international, international Indigenous Peoples Movement. Um, 
before we before a meeting we met we we talked a lot consolidated uh positions um we 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 talked about um future plans and everything else and we still do in a way but it's different it feels very different um what i what i sense from indigenous peoples is that we try to copy paste the the physical in-person meetings into a digital landscape and i think that is a mistake i think because it, it's not working um so we we have to we have to adapt in a different way uh, by embracing a little bit more the the virtual space because i don't think that it's going away um, virtual is will stay for um 100 and it gives us an opportunity to um yeah to consolidate for example i'm, I'm from the pacific which is one third of the planet and before we always had to gather in at the Permian Forum or Geneva to, or in, at the Emirate in Geneva to, yeah, to, to, to strategize. With the pandemic, with virtual, we have the opportunity to, to, um, yeah, to leverage it uh, so that we can, so that we can strategize. Um, so it is a, um, how should I say it, um, a, Opportunity, yeah, uh, it's it's a, yeah, it's it, in in disguise. I would say, um, if you, if you use it right, um, so but you have to really know what virtual how it will serve you and how it will not serve you. Um, virtual will serve in consolidating, in making sure that we connect with with one another. That is a very good platform for uh, virtual, a very good platform for you can use Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever. It, it, it closes the gaps. It, it creates, creates these uh, shorter linkages. That's what it's good for. What it is not good for is actual negotiations. Um, um, treaty negotiations. Uh, resolution negotiation. That's what it's not good for. Um, because in all negotiations, what you need is human to human interaction. It is the ability to, to, um, uh, to step away from from the room with you and me stepping away from the room and having a brief side conversation. You can't have that in, 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 virtu in a virtual landscape. Um, you and for indigenous peoples, one of the biggest strengths is um, our ability to be on the ground um, in, in meetings, in, in summits like COP21 and, and, and all these uh, um, high level meetings. And our strength was to directly engage with, um, with, uh, with um, states, with negotiators, and to really engage with them. Um, and that is something that virtual cannot offer. Or, what, what, sorry, that, that's, uh, we cannot transmit through um, a Zoom meeting or Zoom link. Um, that is something that we, that we cannot do. So I hope that virtual is going, we, we will keep using virtual but in terms of um, actual decisions that need to be made, I hope that we will we will stick to in person. Um, and I heard people talk about a 50-50 a, a option, like a hybrid option. That's not going to help. Um, look at a um, uh, let's use an example, a um, office, you know, at, at a in a company. Um, where you have one part is one part of the of the personnel is using Zoom, and the other persons or part is in an office, in the office also using Zoom, but physically, it is not helping because it, it creates a little bit of inequality and it creates a kind of friction between um, uh, people, uh, impersonal, uh, interpersonal uh, friction. Um, so it's I think. I, I hope that what we're going, what is going to happen is that it's, it's either or, either going to stick mm -hmm. to virtual, which I highly doubt, or uh, when it comes to negotiations, it will go go to um, back to in person. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, I think it's as Indigenous peoples, we need to um, look at um, how we can uh, how we can adapt this whole platform uh, so that it serves us. You mean in a post-pandemic world? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, and hopefully, hopefully we, we can talk about a post-pandemic world. Um, mm. you, you hear a lot of people talking about what well, this is. This is this is a new normal. This is this is what is, this is going to stay. Um, to a certain extent, yes. Um, however, um, if you look at it purely from a um, advocacy diplomacy standpoint from indigenous peoples, um, uh, I like to see a post-pandemic world um, mm. that that is shaped like that. Because um, if it is going to be um, fully virtual negotiations, um, you take away the strength, the power of indigenous peoples. We can adapt. We can we can try to to figure out a way to use it. However, the core strength of indigenous peoples is, yeah, um, you and me sitting at, uh, sitting across the table, having a cup of coffee and having having a chat, and which is not necessarily indigenous. It's human. It is, that's what it is down the line. It is what, what makes us human. However, these peoples have been, have been, been, been able to sophisticated um, um, for, 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 since time immemorial. Um, so I think, uh, so I hope that what well, MRIP is likely going to be virtual, uh, highly, uh, yeah, it's very likely they're going to be virtual. Um, but um what what i can see that's happening right now is that the un is gearing towards opening up towards the end of the year um looking at november december um for in-person meetings because there's a lot of important meetings decisions that need to be made at the global scale um so um, it also realizes that in-person meetings are important to tackle very important complex issues mm. And um, at least to my second question, uh, do you do you think uh, there is other advantages to this like the fact that is everything online? For example, I I am a master's student and I wouldn't have the opportunity to assist to this discussion if it was in New York. So like it can help people to have access to this discussion and you can gain in visibility. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what do you think of that? Oh yeah, I'm so glad you said that because you talk about visibility and I think that is the core main advantage of virtual. It is visibility, I would say reach, the reach, you can reach more people. Um, if, for example, if you look at the, the podcast, is, is the idea to reach people virtual is, is the um, can reach more people outside of the, the regular people that engage with the United Nations. Um, so I think that is a super uh, uh, plus for, for this whole, uh, for the, um, for virtual. Um, one caveat, though. Um, it is well. You, you've looked at the print form, uh, the print form sessions, like the la the last week. You did see mm -hmm. there's. It is very static. Statement, statement, mm -hmm. statement, statement. No mm -hmm. um, interaction, and I think uh, um, that is still, still what is lacking. If there is, if there's an element in there that can be um, a, in a organized manner, um, the engagement. So you already have the reach covered. However, the engagement, the participation of indigenous peoples um, to be able to respond to one another, comment on one another. Um, if you add that, if that element is added, I think um, then you can really see um, the benefits of, of, uh, of the virtually, of the virtual landscape, the virtual as a, as a medium towards um, um, engaging and also, sorry, the participation of indigenous, more broader participation of indigenous peoples. Um, this, this, the virtual right now, it has the illusion of participation, uh, if I may, um, as it reaches people, um, but it does not necessarily give them the opportunity to respond. Um, a simple analogy 
that you can compare it to with is is Instagram, for example. Um, mm. If you want to, um, people want the likes, but what's more important is the comments, is the engagement. So um, that is what what you, what you want to see. You want to the, you want the engagement instead of like the more people, uh, or the more views you get. You want the more comments on or on a uh, on the permanent forum, for example. Um, so there's there's certain certainly there's an advantage of virtual um, in terms of participation and decision making, as well as like like we talked about before, is the um, the ability to um, strategize across time zones, uh, across islands in the Pacific or or across regions. Um, within a new context, it does need a little bit that added element though, and that would make it a lot more beneficial for everyone. The, the the engagement element. Yes, especially since uh, the forum is um, seems to be like a place to discuss, and you, I think you lose a bit of discussion. So that's a problem, I think. So, but yeah. Um, and do you think like I also followed the discussion, the regional discussion, and I saw that in some regions like the Arctic seems to be a lot more easy, a lot easier to to connect and to like to build more relations uh, with uh, internet and stuff than in other regions as Africa where people do not have access to internet what do mm. you think oh one yeah 100% um the the regions are um, the regions itself are diverse however uh, within the regions, it's not as that uh, it's not the same. In the Arctic, you primarily have the Sami and the Inuit, so you have two mm. indigenous peoples, um, and all living in, in uh, um, to say very politely, in developed countries. You know, you have the, the Scandinavia and and um, and Canada and part of the United States, um, which is totally different from, for example, Africa. Uh, whereas you have the sound of the, the Arctic has one um, working language and Africa has two, um, English and French, which that's already is, 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 another, is another factor. Other factor is the difference, the, the very significant differences in culture. Um, and the another added factor of, that makes it more difficult is like, like you talked about before, is the the internet connection you know the the access to high-speed internet um because the more people that go on to a zoom conference uh, conference the more data it, it needs to generate you know and you act and people ask to be like um to turn off their videos and everything else but this, if you have 200 people on a zoom that's a lot of that's a lot of data um you know so so and regions in itself are some regions are more organized than other regions um, you have the, the, the if you, you know uh, you, you talked about the the Arctic uh, regional uh, uh, meeting. Well, the, the Arctic Indigenous peoples uh, maybe it is also because um, there's only two Indigenous peoples um, that there's better organized. Um, Africa is it's 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 more complex, and that, that's just Africa. Um, and you, then you have Latin America, and then you have the Pacific. Pacific we're dealing with three languages. We have Spanish, English, and French. Uh, so there's um, a, a, a huge difference uh, b between regions and, and, and uh, in terms of the, uh, that make, that there's some regions have more factors, actually. That is what I wanna say. Some regions have more factors that uh, influence a, um, a, a, a regional Zoom meeting. Um, and I think that is, uh, um, yeah, I think that, that is, that, that's, that's how I look at it. Yeah, and also, do you, do you think it could, uh, like, create a gap between, uh, like, for internet connection between people from Arctic or North America and, and those in Africa and Asia? Because I have the feeling that they may be, like, for organi organization, maybe they participate uh, take part less uh, in Asia and Africa than in Arctic at the mm -hmm. permanent forum, so I don't know. No, no. Uh, I, I think I think you, your assumption is is quite right. 
um, that a um, unintentionally internet access becomes a, uh, a factor of success or failure. Um, it, it can be. Um, if um, like, like you and I, we have a pretty good internet connection and which, which is, it is, um, it's comfortable having a conversation like this. Would I, were I to be in, in, in the middle of, uh, in a desert in Burkina Faso or in Mali or, you know, it would be totally different, um, which has a, a adverse effect on, on the conversation that we're having. Um, one of, the, of my concerns when it comes to high-speed internet access is, because uh, it, it's been brought up before, before, uh, before the pandemic, actually. Um, it was in uh, 2019 when the climate summit had to be moved from um, Santiago de Chile because of the, 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 the um, riots or the, uh, against social injustice had to be moved to Madrid. Oh no, it had to be moved. It hasn't even been decided yet that it would, were to be moved to Madrid. For a while, um, when uh, Chile announced that they had to withdraw the, um, um, hosting the, the, the summit. Everyone, um, the internet, every, the whole world exploded and said, yes, this is the, the moment that uh, climate change discourse has to be moved to virtual um, to, to cut back on uh, carbon emissions and everything else. The problem is, is that um, not, like you said, not many indigenous peoples have access to high-speed internet, internet access. One argument people that they put forward well is, well, then they all go to a space where there is high-speed internet, internet access, which is okay if you're in Europe, but if you're in Africa or if you're in the middle of the Pacific, it's different. Then they would say, then another argument is, well, um, what if you um, just put everyone in front of one webcam, which makes it a lot more efficient and a lot more easier, then the inequality really becomes evident because who gets to sit in front of the camera? Um, who gets to go first? Who go, gets to go second? So it is um, right now, we already have a little bit of, you get a hint, a taste of the inequality of uh, a lack of stable high-speed internet access can uh, contribute to, um, let alone um, down the line, if we're really going to transition to fully virtual meetings, then um, you would first have to ensure that everyone has the same level of high-speed internet, ac internet access or virtual environments like you or me. Um, and, and I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, so um, do this too quickly and you will um, exacerbate the, the changes of the, 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 um, the differences the, uh, and which will lead to inequality, which we already have a, a lot of inequality. We, we don't need to um, uh, add another layer on top of it um, in these um, difficult times that, that we're in right now. Yeah. Um, and so do you think like that there is, um, oh yeah, like what lesson can we learn from that? Like we already talked a bit about that, but what perspectives can we draw from the fact that everything is uh, online and that people cannot always meet? Mm. Lessons that we can learn? I yeah, like, so, yeah. For, like for post-pandemic world, if it happens or what could we keep? What couldn't we, what can we keep? And... Um, that, that's a good, that is a very good question. Uh, <laughs> first, thing that, first thing that pops into my mind is, it go, goes a little bit to, to, to mentality first. It is uh, knowing that we all have been in the same situation. Uh, for the first time in the history of, of, of mankind, of humankind, uh, we all have experienced the same circumstances. Um, one is a little bit more severe than the other, but like we all have um, experienced um, quarantine 
lockdown, isolation, and everything else. Um, we all have experienced the um, the first, um, how do you call it, um, being uncomfortable in front of a camera. We all have, so we all have, I think the core to all this is we all have felt vulnerability all at the same time. And I think that is, if, if, you, if, you, if you build, vulnerability is actually something that, that can, is an asset. Um, that can help one another and that we can uh, um, if we recognize the vulnerabilities in one another it, it, it creates a stronger basis for more um, inclusion inclusion and stronger um, um, yeah solutions and everything else so so the takeaway or, or something that would some positive takeaway first of all is the is is, is in the frame of, frame of mind vulnerability knowing that we've all been, been in the same uh situation and then, then i would go into like the, the the technical aspects of it um obviously the um, um the 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 opportunity or no not the opportunity yeah the the the, the possibility to um to connect you know well you and me are connecting at this point um we could include someone from from turkey new zealand and at all at the same time um so it makes the world a lot smaller um a lot more accessible um that is something that we um it can garner more better understanding of that world like the that we're all in this together that that of the um, that we all are facing um, monumental uh, problems like climate change and loss of biodiversity. Um, I think I think that it is um, it opens up the, the the highway that we we can all go into. Um, and before we were just like, oh yeah, climate change. I don't know. It only affects the small island states in the Pacific. Um, not for me or Greenland. But now you, you see that everything is so much more connected. It's so much more out in the open. Almost the entire world is moving virtually right now. Um, and, I think, and I think that you can use that for good and for bad, uh, but using it for good is to, um, yeah, uh, raise awareness and uh, um, um, wins hearts and, hearts and minds through, yeah, conversations, videos, People that use Clubhouse right now. You, know, you see all these, all these initiatives popping up um, with the core um, uh, purpose of connecting. Um, and and I think I think that is 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 the um, one of the main advantages. I think that we can all take away is is that uh, we're all human. We all have a desire to connect with with one another. Uh, with people from all around the world. So I hope that stays. And I think that um, the, the technology will catch up to that to cater more for that. But that is um, um, what I believe. Again, and it stays uh, um, uh, within like normal, like a clubhouse or what we're doing right now, it, it, is, it, it goes to like reach and engagement the participation aspect, the UN is still as like, oh, like long way to go. Still has a long way to go of trying to um, um, yeah, get to the point where people can actually meaningfully, meaningfully and directly participate um, in meetings. And uh, for you, uh, do you think you will keep your podcast or something like that after all of this? Yes, because um, I have, uh, um, I started the podcast before the pandemic luckily mm -hmm. i i actually increased um um the the um what i uploaded to the podcast um because i first because i had more time because we're all grounded mm -hmm. anyway and it it makes me also and i think that oh that's also main, main vantage point from the pandemic it is um it gives you the opportunity to come out stronger then you went in. Um, let me explain a little, little bit. Um, for, so in the pandemic, before, before the pandemic, I uh, started a podcast. During the pandemic, I either could just 
sit back, relax, and enjoy the one the one year of not doing anything, get fat and 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 whatever. Or I could just lower. You know what? I'll I'll just do podcast interviews, whatever. Create my brand, so to say, or awareness marketing, whatever you want to call it, and come out stronger. You know, uh, from uh, out of the out of the pandemic. Now, what is stronger in my in my view is more engagement and more reach that more people see all right this is what's going on at the at the united nations um make it more accessible um as it's uh there's so many indigenous peoples all around the world 476 476 million indigenous peoples and i made it my very bold audacious mission to inspire each and all each and every one of them um so I think this whole podcast will continue in perpetuity, actually, until I, I either, uh, on, yeah, either I die, uh, or no, that's it actually, because because um, for reaching four hundred seventy million indigenous peoples, it's it is a big ass task or, or mission or, or a goal, and you know, and I just have to keep on as my work progresses, my thinking progresses. And I, I just keep on documenting whatever I think. Um, and also with the podcast is what I try to do is keep, give people permission, hmm. permission to be wrong because we're all learning. Um, so in many cases, I'm, I'm, I'm contra- contradicting myself in the podcast because um, yeah, today I have more information than I had a couple of days, a couple of days ago. So I do contradict myself. So it is also trying to give people permission to one, to be wrong, to learn in public, uh, but also document because it's all also about legacy and uh, and and duplicating yourself. I think as well is so that people, yeah. Hopefully, there's a young indigenous boy or girl that, that wants to do something and just by accident stumbles upon my podcast and like, hey, hmm, interesting does not necessarily have to go into the UN, but finds uh, some motivation to stand up for his or her rights. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's cool for me. You know, so it is, um, it, yeah, I, I think the, the podcast will be part of my life, like um, changing socks every day. Um, it, I, I will continue doing it um, for, um, for a very long time. Yeah. Okay, great. And, <laughs> um... And I don't know if you saw this picture, but on the Facebook page and maybe on the Twitter one too of the permanent forum, um, so they posted this picture of uh, this guy coming at the, um, at the League of Nations and then like saying uh, that now we are uh, online. And do you see it as a progress? Or how do you see it like seeing all this uh, progression, all this path to today where everything is um, online and we are still here like talking on ourselves um so so uh, let me i try to understand your question correctly so what is it is it is it a um, i just wanted to you you put a point of view on that like if you think it's more of a progress right now or like or do you see it like this progress in the beginning to today where our discussion are online mm-hmm uh, it, it, it is the thing is like it is where the world is going right now mm-hmm. uh, like there's a lot of things that, that that is going virtual and uh we can what we can do is um complain that's what we can do or we can use it to our benefit and um i subscribe to the second uh, uh um yeah, group, I would say, is use it to our benefit in a way that it does respect our rights, the right to self-determination. Um, like the last thing that I want is that there's a, a virtual tour to one of the sacred spaces or spots of indigenous peoples. I don't want that to happen. Um, so there's, there's, there's a, a way of using this to our advantage. Um, and I think uh, we're I think we're all in this space right now of which is similar like to 
the internet when uh, when it was in its early stages. People didn't know what the hell was doing. Like, I don't know what, it was, I don't know what this is. Is this computer that does the all these uh, these weird sounds? Um, I think we're we're in that spot right now. And right now, what we just just have to do is figure out. All right, what is ethical? Um, what is uh, uh, how can we use this um, within ethics, as and not exploit it? And people have a tendency to exploit what's new uh, for personal gain. Um, and I think that it is. Uh, it would be wise, not just for indigenous peoples, but for peoples in general, to to look at all right, what is ethical, uh, what is the ethical use of the internet? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of opportunities. Um, some are good, some are bad, um, but you do have to, um, yeah, like look at it because um, there's so many opportunities that I think that virtual and internet brings right now that can um, really help indigenous peoples. Um, that so I'm 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 looking at um, in, in interesting things like blockchain and 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 non fungible tokens, um, which can really um, help indigenous peoples. Either, uh, uh, for example, um, fundraising, which is a, is a, is a difficulty for indigenous peoples, and with the new thing that's coming up with, with non fungible tokens, you take away. Funders, you take take away the middleman, and these people can create and earn money uh, by by selling it themselves. So it is, um, yeah, you, you know what I mean. So it is observing, just using the internet how we how we observe the planet, observe, see where it goes, and uh, and then yeah, look it's look at it the right way and use it the ethical way. Yeah. Great. So I think I asked all of my questions, but mm-hmm. maybe you have uh, something you like to add, like something that can be helpful for me or something you want to say. <laughs> I don't know. Like what is? Yeah. How can um do 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 anything? Like like it, it can be on anything. Any any anything thoughts that pops into your head? Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know if like you you want because it's all on the yeah like all on how it impacted um, a representative and not only internet like also on on personal life on the efficiency of work and stuff like that. So if you have any remarks on that, I would be pleased to hear. If you don't, it's okay. We can. <laughs> no, I th- I think um, one of the one of the amazing things that um, the pandemic ex shows and people misinterpret it though um it, it is the aspect of of the internet of, of so internet in general not not just zoom or virtual um it is that at least at least it's my my, my conclusion it is that it exposes people mm-hmm. um both in a good way and in a negative way um exposes the the, the vulnerabilities the flaws and the only the only thing that you can, uh, yeah, like you, you can decide whether you want to um, use it as a stepping stool or as a as a way to do, to dwell on things. Uh, what a lot of people say, but in in, the, in during the pandemic is that there's a lot of negativity going on. It, it, it that that the um, it only the pandemic only. Um, increase negativity and i think that's uh, a um, wrong assumption um i i don't think that increased a negativity i think the internet or the pandemic exposed negativity mm. um it gave people more and more um felt more comfortable you know like so um people talking shit about one another or somebody else it's not just because it's not because I was talking to you. It's because um, that person was a shitty communicator all along, mm. and I think that is um, something interesting. One of the interesting observations that um, that I uh, gather from 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 uh, yeah the pandemic 
So you, yeah, you, you pay attention to everything. So Zoom, Permform is, uh, itself, you see, um, not Permform, but like, yeah, you see people acting differently in front of Zoom cameras uh, or on the internet in general. And I think that's interesting. Um, it is, I think it, it is because it is in my, in my line of work. You know, oh, my, my work. Yeah, it's not my work. I, I just love to do it. Um, I, when you're in negotiations, when you're in diplomacy and advocacy within the UN, you pay attention to people's behaviors, mm. um, which, which, um, which is a key driver for, for yeah, um, getting your rights uh, um, within, within the United Nations. And I, so you pay attention to people. Uh, so that what I do at the UN, I just I just also apply this at um, on the internet on the internet, and you just see um, people um, being exposed. And I think people need to 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 learn to accept that that it's it's not to not blame the internet or virtual for uh, all the negativity. Um, it is just, um, it, people were negative all along It just, it gave them an opportunity to do so. And also like you, people need to, um, did you hear it sometimes? So, sorry, like, this, this is kind of a rant right now. Um, don't you hear it sometimes that, uh, when, when they're, they're there's, when you hear people talking and I say, yeah, well, people say, or are this, they say this on the internet, you know? On radio. Okay. Yeah. You know, and, and which is so funny uh, because actually it is not the internet; it is the bubble that you're in. You know, mm. it is that the algorithm that 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 you listen to because you you've been googling too much uh, Grenoble or uh, or anything else. You only get it's Google. You you get what you see. You get what you search for, search for. So um, people should be super aware of of um, of that as well. It's not. Mm. You, you you find what you're looking for. So if you um, if you're anti-COVID, for example, you will only find anti-COVID people on on the internet, and you'll think that everyone is anti-COVID. Uh, same thing with the, the other side of it. If you if you're pro-vaccine or whatever, you know it's um, anyway. It's also it, it's it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting um, to to see all that. I don't know if that adds at all at your at your no, no, at what you're looking into it's always interesting to see how people like like have personal remarks about it because yeah like that's really like your way of feeling it so that's really cool <laughs> and that makes me think about something else like it's about transparency because when you are like when you like me for example when i am watching the web or un tv like we, we don't know how many people are watching it mm. and even for webinars and stuff like that. So I think it's kind of a flagging because when you are in a, in a room at the UN, you know how many people are there, but on the internet, you can never know that. So I'm wondering how they are doing it and how they can count people and what, mm -hmm. because there is an impact of that. So. Yeah, and I think it's it's I, I think I don't think the UN perform can can measure that either. Um, that that's why they they um, they let everyone register first um, to 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 um, to participate, and then you have to register again to to present a speech, mm. even though you can just watch it on a YouTube stream or a UN webcast. So I think. They cannot measure it either. The only thing that I can measure is reg according to registrations, um, but that that is not a a uh, a faithful representation of of people that actually. So you, so, so you see what I'm getting at? It's reach versus engagement. Yeah. Um, you know, right. so and, and that is that is the the, um, um, the thing that you still that 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 that's, uh, virtually is still not um, able to really uh measure and 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 it notes it's even though it is a print form well it, it is it is called the print form but but like it still does not feel like the print form mm. you know it, it is still uh, it's just a like a, a monologue of 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 12 14 15 uh speeches but there's no consideration 
there's no reflection on it. Usually at the perm forum, what you, what you hear is like, all right, thank you so much. Um, there's a reply or there's uh, a chair that, that um, responds to something. Um, and people, it, I'm not saying that it's happening, but I can imagine that experts can get away right now with um, pre-written um, concluding remarks. They can, they can get away with it now. Before they really had to like listen and, and they had to take into account things, but now like they they um, they can get away with pre-written remarks. So there's no, yeah, no, the, the the actual it's not even a conference anymore. It's just a a, a series of, of people talking and with the illusion of a dialogue, even though it is not. And that that is something that I. Um, like would like not to see become a permanent thing um and, and i so i hope i really hope that is virtual permanent form and I, I i truly believe that everyone is doing their best the the permanent form included uh the secretary and everyone i i truly believe that they're doing the best to make the best of the things but i also truly hope that this is an anom anomaly that just a once in a i don't know 100 years time thing that is that's happening next year we can go uh to um to the to an in-person meeting now if ever there's a, a a um ideal middle road middle of the road you know so we talked about engagement and reach right um I've been thinking about it. So, so you, I have not, I've not said this out loud before. So you're, you're getting the, 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 um, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I'm a important person, but you get, you get the first scoop on it. Um, if you could, you could, you could combine it in a way by making a perm form two weeks or keeping it two weeks. However, before the two weeks, you do one or two weeks of virtual dialogues on issues and you let those virtual dialogues so that so you create a, some kind of a bottleneck you know like a filter honestly you know, so like from wide to narrow so you, you so the first stage um for the first two weeks or so for the extra two weeks you um reach out to people and you just gather as much information as you can and which is good because then you can actually talk about legitimacy and accountability as a permanent form or broader leg legitimacy. That is what I like, broader legitimacy and accountability. What you can do after that is then you would have like a one week of um, in-person side events. So um, uh, like you normally have in Geneva or New York, and that per theme and that people can really discuss the ideas because right now everything you have everything you that you hold you have to put into those two to three minutes and you've listened to it nobody almost nobody can get their uh case heard in two minutes or uh, um merge it into into a two-minute statement mm. so if you do a virtual not a virtual but, but a physical side event um parallel to one another on themes um so on for example decolonization so you have and these people from all over the world talk some say something about decolonization and it all feeds into this big side event of i don't know three to three to four five six hours on decolonization where indigenous peoples are considering what all these indigenous people say and that the outcome of that because will be fed into the actual conversation or dialogue that uh, for the final report of the perm form. So you get two things, three things actually. You get wide reach. Two, you get very detailed uh, recommendations. And three, you become efficient as the perm form. Then it gets a report that is uh, has been already gone through the motions of uh, um, really trying to hone in into like what is the core 
problem that many people face in terms of COVID-19, climate change, decolonization, everything else. So you get a super focused and a uh, super focused report with a high level of legitimacy. So that, is, that could be like the, the sweet spot of merging virtual with physical uh, for those that cannot make it to the print forum and those that can make it to the print forum. Of course, there, there's some nuances in there that you need to hash out as in like, well, how, you, how do you make sure that you, that every, all the, everyone is considered, but it is a, um, it, it has a, um, an idea, it's the beginning of an idea. That is, mm. uh, that's, that's, that's what I would say. Okay, great. That's a good point. <laughs> Hey, thanks so much for listening to the episode. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. It would mean the world to me um, if you did that. Have a great day.